This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today we're going to talk about guerrilla warfare. Um, guerrilla warfare is more like an insurgency, if you will. Um, basically, uh, the U.S. Army definition I got is uh, it comprises combat operations conducted in enemy-held territory by predominantly indigenous forces on a military or paramilitary basis to reduce the combat effectiveness, industrial capacity, and morale of the enemy. Guerrilla warfare operations are conducted by relatively small groups employing offensive tactics, and it supports usually other military operations. Now, that can be anything from, like, Red Dawn, where all of a sudden your world's been invaded and now it's occupied, if you will. Um, that could be an uprising inside Germany during you know World War II. That could be infiltrating and getting in, kind of like what used to happen back in Cuba in the day. Mm-hmm. Or it could be if your government is now the... Uh, you know, uh, what controlling force in your Mm -hmm. world, you know? So basically, uh, fighting the system from within, if you will. Right. Right. Uh, tyranny. Um, 
Now, I got a quote here from Mao Zedong. Oh. He was the, uh, Chairman Mao. the founding father of the People's Republic of China. Chairman Mao, exactly. All right. Uh, they began their their um, war using uh, guerrilla tactics. It says, the enemy advances, we retreat. The enemy camps, we harass. The enemy tires, we attack. The enemy retreats, we pursue. Now, he was uh, one of the... One of the, the founders of outlining how guerrilla warfare should be should be done. Okay. So um, you can't really say anybody invented guerrilla warfare because everybody was fighting styles right. of guerrilla warfare, you know, since uh, right. they think, early you know, tribes, Caesar right? Caesar and, yeah, yeah. And Indians and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, yeah. Yeah, and if you look at the, the methods that most of the Native Americans used— it could all fit into uh, guerrilla warfare tactics. You know, that's just how they conducted war. Um, I also like to think of it as, like, during the American Revolution, you know, mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, you had the armies would line up and, and face battle head on, and then all of a sudden now you have people, uh, you know, both sabotage, you know, the the people, spies listening in the bars and gathering information, stealing supplies, mm-hmm. um, as well as the fighting from the trees, you know, the tactics they right. learned from the Indians and different things. All that, you know, is part of what we're talking about. And it's something you really need to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I assume that if the regular civilian is taking up arms, then... For whatever reason, we don't have a large established military. Mm-hmm. We, you know, are then working with small resources to overtake bigger people, and that's where guerrilla warfare is an asset. Right, and the tactics of uh, guerrilla warfare um, usually focus on the use of small mobile forces who use the the terrain and the support of the local people to attack and harass larger, less mobile forces. So, if you wanted to get into some of the um, some of the tactics, we can yeah. do that now. The first one I want to talk about is uh, hit and run. Okay. Um, this is a tactic used to inflict damage on the opponent without gaining any ter- territory. Now, okay. This is just a, a basic attack, uh, destroying um, destroying enemy uh, equipment. Uh, Causing casualties so, in the enemy and retreating before you can. Get we might we in might yourself. roll into the uh, enemy camp. So an example of this, this isn't what we would do. An example of this might be: um, you run up, you throw a hand grenade into where they're all hanging out in the dining hall from or whatever area is open, and you take off and disappear back into the woods. Right. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Maybe throw a hand grenade into the ammunition supply house. Uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe we start a fire in the evening yeah. as people are resting, hanging about. Now, you also use these tactics to uh, find enemy weaknesses. You know what I mean? You, small small strikes like that, you can gather a lot of intel. Okay. Uh, another one, uh, you, you, do it, you do it to uh, damage uh, enemy morale. Okay. Um, avoid it. You can, with these this sort of hit-and-run thing, you're basically bypassing your enemy's defenses. So what you're saying is if my enemy isn't getting a proper night's sleep or if maybe they're not getting food rations, mm-hmm. that might be something that might discourage morale. Right, right. 
Okay. Uh, hitting a convoy. Anything like that that can uh, slow down the pace of their movement, their agility, and their uh, their fighting capabilities. I like that. So I might actually want to steal their supplies. So one, I'm cutting the supplies off to them, mm-hmm. and I can use them for me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a win all the way around. All right. Just taking notes here, that's all. Yep. I just wanna... Now, another tactic, which kind of fits along with hit and run, is, is petty warfare. Now, this is a, a type of warfare that was kind of developed and outlined by the Soviets. Okay. Uh, it's um, where you, you use small forces to attack enemy uh, supply and support units. Uh, you would do this maybe before a major uh, major battle of some sort to, to get the upper hand in the battle. Um, you would send small guerrilla forces around to flank, you know, to flank your, your enemy's main force. Okay. Um, and it's, it's designed to basically slow their mobility and uh, reduce the enemy's ability to make war. Now, when you're a smaller force, I got to say flanking and things like that are going to be crucial. If you don't understand warfare, you're really going to have a hard time overtaking, well, one, skilled military people. Mm-hmm. But two, I mean, you do kind of get an upper hand from most militaries come from a traditional warfare kind of mindset and they plan like that and they use their forces and they have to move giant forces. And I understand they have communications and can really, you know, it's great if they have lower level officers that can think on their feet and Mm -hmm. make changes and adapt, but that's where you're going to be able to, you know, gain the upper hand is when you can, do the unexpected where it's hard for them to move the giant army to react to it. Right. Um, those are the only places you're going to get an edge or like Kevin was just saying a minute ago, the unexpected strikes, the damaging supplies, the lots of little hit and run kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how you build up, you know, when you're small and outside, you got to use your, I'm not a giant visible target to your advantage. Right. Right. Uh, raids are another another important tactic. Um, it's an, ad- an attack designed for a specific goal, uh, meant to damage or destroy object objectives and retreat before a coordinated, coordinated counterattack can be organized. Uh, you do these um, to uh, gather intelligence, um, kill or capture specified targets, um, confuse and exhaust your enemy, Free prisoners of war, uh, capture enemy combatants, and uh, destroy or steal stockpiles. So these are these are attacks specifically specifically designed with an end goal in mind. Um, they are similar in hit and run in the sense that uh, you want to be able to evacuate before the larger forces arrive, but it's a small battle that you're planning on winning the battle. Okay. Um, I gotta say, I always want to evacuate before they start shooting at me. That's my mm-hmm. general rule. Yep. Um, I like to go in and piss people off and then get gone. Before they start I even swinging. like when they show up and bad things happen to them when I'm not even there. I don't even have to be there that day. That segues, segues us into sabotage. Oh, tell That's me about next sabotage. One. Destruction or damage of equipment or facilities used by the enemy whether it's slashing tires or destroying warehouses full of supplies. 
So it can range from anything. You know, destroying a bridge. Um, you know, putting sugar in somebody's gas tank. You know, stealing uh, stealing Humvees or, uh, you know, ammunition. One of the books I read, uh, I think it's from that uh, Mark Goodwin books. Uh, he does that, Days of Noah and some other ones. But uh, putting uh, bleach in the gasoline mm-hmm. um, seemed to be something that works. Because not only did they have to drain the gas tank, but if they didn't catch it right away, like they would really have to not just drain the gas tank. If they didn't realize what it was, it would end up being corrosive. And unless it was really flushed, mm-hmm. you would end up destroying the motors in the long term as well. Right. Just something to think about. I'm just throwing ideas out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, ISIS, the way they operate, is very guerrilla warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, IEDs, that kind of stuff, that's all, you know, encompassed in this. It's a lot of, uh, you know, you just look for the guy with no fingers, and he's probably your yeah. go-to on that. He's the guy that makes the bombs. Oh, that's disturbing. Bombs scare me. Knives, bombs, I'm good with guns, yeah. fine, shooting, that's all great. I carry knives. I kind of cut my fingers a lot. <laughs> I like my knives yeah. really sharp. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and that that somehow that and poor knife handling. Yeah, those two combined. It's a good combination, you know. Um, ambush. That's this is the last one I want to talk okay. about. Uh, taking advantage of concealment and the element of surprise to attack an unprepared enemy. Um, ambush. Ambushes have been used uh, throughout history. You know, from from the Gulf War all the way back to their French and Indian War. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's, I got outlined here um, some uh, points for uh, for ambushing. Uh, first, let's talk about the terrain. You want a very specific spot where you can set up an ambush. It's got to provide a lot of things. First, it's got to provide concealment from ground and aerial detection. You don't want them knowing where you're at. Before Especially the in the take, modern day place, of drones obviously. and everything else like that, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot to take into account here. Yeah, you want to a- enable the ambush forces to encircle and divide the enemy. Now, a lot of the ambush training has to deal with specifically getting your enemy in a kill zone, getting your enemy in a spot where he can't defend himself. Okay. Uh, you want it to perhaps you're above your enemy. Mm-hmm. They're in a valley, if you there will. There you go. All right. Uh, you want to you want your your ambush spot to allow for deployment of of heavy weaponry, whatever heavy heavy weapons you may or may not have. You know, you want to be able to uh, use your full force on the enemy and get it over with as as quickly as possible. If you got an M sixty, fifty cal, those are the Hand types grenades. of things that that you're going to want to start with. Um, you want it to be able to... Uh, you want to have your ambush forces to be able to set up a, a forward observation post for early detection. You want to be able to see them, you know, well, well before they're, they're there. That way, uh, that way you can get everybody in place and get everything set up. Um but you also want it to, to enable secret movement so that you can withdraw and disperse the troops as soon as the ambush is over. Um, so you're going to need a, a lead blocking unit, which is the, some, some way to stop 
the uh, the advancement of the enemy. Uh, you want the main assault element that's going to be uh, you know firing into the kill zone. You want a rear blocking movement unit that's going to be able to keep them from backing out of the area. Uh, you're going to want to set up the observation posts and a command post. So, you know, basically when you're setting up an ambush, you've got the time on your side. So you might as well use it to your benefit and design everything so that, you know, no matter what happens, you're going to be able to uh, get out of there with all your forces intact. Or as close to that as possible. Right, right. Now, some other basic ones uh, involved in guerrilla warfare are um, smuggling. Okay. You know, whether you're smuggling things, uh, ammunition and arms into an area, uh, smuggling people out of an area. Um, and another one that the lot of, uh, comes up a lot is assass- assassinations. Whether you're assassinating uh, political figures or uh, more likely it's the assassination of specific military targets, uh, generals and, and mm-hmm. you know, tacticians. Uh, that was during the the war for independence. Uh, there are a lot of uh, sharpshooters used to decapitate the British forces. Um, you know, taking out the uh, the officers. And the way the British army functioned at that time, without officers giving commands, things fell apart pretty quickly. Right. I think that's a little bit less. We've kind of worked on that with the chain of command in the military mm-hmm. now, but. Obviously, the smart thinkers are on the top, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and theft of military equipment is, an, is also another big one. You know, that's if that doesn't fit into the, the hit, and ra- hit, and, hit and run or the, the raids right. or the sabotage, you know, just taking their equipment and using it for yourself. I got to say, heavy army armor vehicles are such an asset. I mean, that's where they dominate. Mm-hmm. You know, when a Humvee rolls in with a 50 cal, it's tough to, you know, I mean, ISIS is fighting that with their Stinger missiles and, you know, handheld rockets or whatever. Right. But, or IEDs that are taking them out along the way. But, I mean, bottom line, those vehicles make the difference. Right. Um, and we won't even talk about Apache helicopters because... I was just watching... Uh, Apache helicopter stuff on uh, YouTube. I was on there for probably an they hour, just man. Watching don't it. stop. Yeah. You know, um, they're the Cobras or the you know they're all along the same line. There's like all each branch has their own version, right. of the Apache helicopter, and they're just amazing. They go in and annihilate, mm-hmm. you know, a, a ground force. It, it's just unbelievable. There's no. The amount yeah. of weaponry that they carry on them is amazing. The idea is all you can hope for is you're not a valuable enough target that they're <laughs> right. going to waste Apaches to come send for you. Because when they do, it's pretty much over. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's it, maybe that's where you fall back on prayer mm-hmm. is, is what I can tell you. You pray that your God is a little bit mightier mm-hmm. um, because it, it doesn't end well when you go against those beasts. They're they're just amazing. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the main, the most important things of guerrilla warfare is propaganda. Okay. You know, you want hearts the hearts and minds. and minds, right? If you want the if 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 you want to have the support of the local population, 
um, you're going to have to convince them that supporting you is worthwhile. And convince them that, hey, it's going to work out. And, you know, the 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 reigning forces aren't going to be back in control and have you all swinging from ropes in the near future. Right. You know, you need to show a plan that, hey, we're going to win this. We have a real shot. Or the alternative is so bad that it's worth taking every chance. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, stories from um, the Bushwhackers. Uh, that's uh, Confederate guerrilla forces during the Civil War. Okay. And uh, a lot of the time they would hide in the houses of uh, widows uh, because most Union forces would not see it as a good idea to go bullying uh, bullying women. So if a woman answered the door and said nobody was there, they'd just say, all right, oh, and go oh, on to the cool. next one. So uh, I'm not sure if we live in that uh, moral uh, world anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. But, uh, okay. So that's that's basically what I got as far as the, the tactics go with the guerrilla warfare. But I want to talk about um, uh, different times that this has taken place. It's it goes on a lot more than than most people consider. Um, well, nothing happens if it doesn't happen in the United States, isn't that right? Right, right. Well, we had a uh, we had uh, definitely encouraged uh, guerrilla forces in uh, the Korean War. Okay, and uh, I was actually reading a little bit about it. it was it was pretty in- interesting. The anti communist uh, Koreans in in North Korea um, were were helped out by the 8th Army. They organized them into donkey squads, is what they call them. Ooh. And uh, if you go on online and look through them, there's a lot of different different uh, interesting uh, campaigns that took place um, with uh, guerrilla forces in, in North Korea and, and uh, American uh, instructors and observers. So uh, definitely check that out if you got the time to do it. I got to say there is a lot to be said for – you know, kind of checking out some of this stuff on the History Channel and the different battles, reading some books, understanding a little bit of military strategy and the way people, you mm-hmm. know, did things. I got to say a little planning, a little understanding of warfare, understanding some of the different tactics that people have used throughout the years. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of clever things, you know, things that sound so, you know, far-fetched or whatever. Mm-hmm. Might just pay off, right? Right. A lot of that, um, a lot of that stuff that uh, you know, you think about the, the smaller engagements in in wars. A lot of the time, those are the ones that actually won the war. You right. know, the big battles take place, but uh, what gets somebody to actually give up? What gets somebody to say, "All right, fine, fine, we're done with this"? Yeah. And you know, a lot of that is is uh, the home front. It wasn't an easy thing to turn the British around. Mm-hmm. That's what I know. Um, you know, America has a proud tradition of being able to be the victor, you know, staying the uh, ground. Yeah. But America is the American people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the hearts of the people here and, and freedom and things like that that have really, you know, empowered our country Yeah, all this time and through these wars. Yeah, being patriotic doesn't mean supporting your president or your congressman. You know, that's not what patriotism means. You know, it's really involved with um, the morals that that your country holds, you know, as important. And, hey, you know, with what is it? With God on our side who can be against us? Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I read that in a book. All right. I won't tell you what book. One of them. One of them. So anyway, I mean, pretty much that's what I got on on guerrilla warfare for today. Anyway, I think we might expand. I think we might have to do an episode on smuggling. I feel like that might be in the future. I think that sounds pretty good to me. I, I think there's a lot of uh, neat ideas that might come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do some research. But uh, so speaking of, there's a lot of uh, things going on in the news. I don't know. I was thinking smuggling. It went into some cryptic, uh, weird areas that maybe aren't appropriate. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, a lot of things in the news, all these sex scandals, everybody's, you know, whatever. And I just want to point out that big celebrities like us, and yet no women have come forward mm-hmm. and said anything. So really... I mean, we're the only ones you can get trust. Accolades. We're yeah. hanging in there. Mm-hmm. I know? never pull my penis out randomly in front <laughs> of women. Just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. Just pull it out and see what happens. You don't just walk by and like, hey, <laughs> yo, I got you. Now, Bill Clinton pulled that move a lot. A lot. And it worked for him sometimes. George Bush liked to grab butts, you uh-huh. know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not that, grabbing that any would butts. Be senior. So I'm just saying you guys can rest easy that nobody's coming out against the badass. Mm hmm. I mean, you know, now you're thinking, well, challenge accepted. We're going to find somebody. But no, no, I feel like we're pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty confident. Pretty confident. Pretty confident that, uh, you know, you guys are safe. So when you need your trusted uh, news outlet, media mm-hmm. source, right here, you know, you have all these talk show guys falling apart. Not this guy. That's right. So We're not famous enough yet. Give us some time. Oh, and- is that what it is? Yeah. I, I felt I'm, like we were out there. I'm you sure know, at some point I'll be famous famous enough that I, I'll feel confident just pulling my dick out. But at this <laughs> oh, point, mean, it's not. All right. See, I thought you were saying that we're not famous enough that the women would want to come forward. Right. You're no. just saying we're not famous. Not that famous we enough that I'm, I'm not even conf- confident yet. Confident yeah. to, to be jerks. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm just saying if. Yeah, I'm just going to get into trouble. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's a little bit rude. You know, a lot of people a lot of men don't think about it about it this way. Tell me. But you know, if you if you, you know, pull your dick out okay. in front of a girl. Sure. Who hasn't done that? You could just uh, in my mind and probably most men's mind, you just think, well, you know, you're just being a gross pervert and you leave. But when it's a woman, you're dealing with somebody that's much bigger than you. Oh. And you're dealing with somebody that potentially could physically Harm, harm you. you. Okay. So it's a lot more of an aggressive move when it comes down to that. The woman has to think about, you know, how how am I going to get out of here without being raped? Or how am I going to get out of here without, you know. And that right there is our official plug for the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Right there. There you go. The woman's like, how? Bam. Mm-hmm. Second Amendment. Nailed it. Yep. That's why you carry it in your purse. So how we built that up? Just right there. We had right your off. back. <laughs> shoot him. You can and who's gonna him. honestly? Who's gonna vote for that guy that had his dick shot off? Are you gonna vi- vote for somebody with no balls? Well, he's not gonna take charge of the situation. Yeah, I, I tell, you tell you that much that. right now. Oh, that's just wrong. So that's all I got about the sex scandals. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm definitely watching them. I'm I'm interested. I'm like, oh, that guy. And you always see him, and you're like, damn. That's I mean, because honestly, most of them. That's probably the the only way they get anything. You know what I mean? It's not like they're good looking guys. They got to be are, forward. You know, yeah. it's it's their boldness. Yep. So uh, I don't know. All right. Well, whatever. 
Now, if you wanted to get a hold of us uh, and not send pictures of your dick. No, we don't want to see that. <laughs> you can email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. All right. I they do can update us on what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I do read all the emails. I do respond to all the emails. Uh, some of them are, are clearly insane people okay. that are emailing. But, I mean, even if you're crazy. And, you I'll, know, I'll you guys reply. know who you are. Yeah, you I mean, know if you you're, you, come on. You, you know. know who you are. You know. So, that, um, I don't know if you guys liked our uh, Facebook page. Uh, what is it? Facebook.com slam prepping badass. Uh-huh. Um, we also have a group. I think if you search prepping badass in Facebook groups, you'll probably find us. Now, it says closed group. You're going to think, oh, you know, I'm not really cool enough. He's not going to let me in. Pretty much I just like hit accept. It, it really Anybody, is huh? like whatever. Yeah. I'm like, ah, that guy. You don't guy. even have to be a badass. I'm like, that guy, yeah, we'll let him in. So don't even be afraid of being rejected. This is like a no rejection kind mm-hmm. of uh This situation. is a safe space. Safe space. You know, we're looking out for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't know if you know, we have a... Uh, a page over on Patreon. And what Patreon is, is if uh, you guys enjoy listening to this podcast, maybe the episode doesn't come out right when you expect one time on Saturday night. And you're like, oh God, it, it didn't come out yet. I'm a little panicked. What do I do? Did they go off the air? Are they gone like all the other survival podcasts? Did they mysteriously disappear? Mm-hmm. Did the government secretly take them out? Any of these things are possible, but I'll tell you what, the best way to keep us here and keep us on the air is by heading over to Patreon and uh, sending a little love. It's just a little reminder because Kevin likes the little incentive like, hey, you guys are doing a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd, we'd like to support you and keep you out there. So that just might be an option. And if you don't know how to spell Patreon, because it's a weird word and doesn't really make sense. You might want to uh, just look in the show notes and mm-hmm. uh, check it out there. Also, uh, it's a face group. We're on Twitter, but I don't really know anything about that. Um, basically, it, it shows you when a new podcast comes out. That's Otherwise, it, huh? I think, you know, like once a month, I'll throw something on there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I got on that. Uh, uh, master, uh, badass Prep- master prepping. Oh, so we Wanna have a uh, course. Um, now, Kevin was actually telling me, even though you guys might be super prepped and you're on top of it because you've been listening to the Survival and Basic Badass podcast, maybe as a Christmas gift, you want to take care of your family and be Mm. like, hey. And I mean, like your friends, like your brother that you don't like or um, I don't know, your sister who lives in Florida that you're not going to be able to save when the zombie apocalypse happens. Right. Or your niece who uh, lives in Indiana. Any of these people might be great. And you could also share the prepping badass way of life. That's right. By uh, signing them up for uh, prepping. What is it? The badass master prepper dot com survival course there that we have. Mm-hmm. We set that up. I don't know. Put that in the show notes. That might be another yeah. cool thing you Very want to check out. I, I recommend checking it out and, uh, you know, going over there, just checking it out and seeing what you think. Uh, I looked at it a couple of times. I've been over there, even though yeah, I was exciting. involved in some of the, uh, some some of the production of the work. Some yep. of the production. But um, it's definitely an interesting 
interesting spot to check out. A little bit, of, a lot of uh, tidbits of information there. Um, let's see. Uh, that's it. That's it. I think All that's right. everything. So with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.